The Goal Radio Football Show. Good afternoon, it's Paul Cooney here with the Goal Radio Football Show. And Cy Ferry, the weekend starts now. Yes, Paul, what a day, Friday, best day of the week. Uh, been listening to Goal Radio all week, it's been an absolute pleasure on the old Claret Jugs. Uh, so well done, everyone. Rob McLean, we've enjoyed it throughout the week. It's a red card for Aberdeen from the First Minister. Yeah, it's a nightmare, Paul, isn't it? The fact that Aberdeen have had two players testing positive, eight in self-isolation. The game against St Johnston in Perth tomorrow has been rescheduled. If you're wondering when that's going to be, it's going to be a week on Thursday, the 23rd, which knocks back the home game against Livingston till the following Sunday. At the moment, the home game at Pataudry Wednesday night against Hamilton and at Celtic Park next Saturday, they both go ahead as planned at the moment looking forward to this week coming up Ali Defoy is going to give us the whole weekend action in a moment or two to tell us exactly when they're playing but we know that the old firm are playing on Sunday Rangers playing at home Celtic away at Kilmarnock Rangers at home to St Mirren of course and Ali you're looking forward to that Absolutely, I'm not going to be able to make it to the match unfortunately but very much looking forward to it maybe not as much as Jim Goodwin is at the moment Elsewhere, Hamilton Ackers against Ross County, Livingston against Hebs and Motherwell Dundee United. As we mentioned, Rangers St Mirren on Sunday, along with Kilmarnock Celtic, the Sky match. And that's a real letdown. Sky will be so disappointed tomorrow that their game is not happening. St Johnson against Aberdeen. And we'll be speaking to the former Celtic and Scotland striker Andy Walker, who would have been covering that match tomorrow, Si. Yeah, it's a big blow. Obviously, a lot of scrutiny has been on the Aberdeen players since it happened. Um, my only surprise was it's came out that Aberdeen players were drinking after the Rangers game I thought they were drinking before <laughs> um, but uh, no it's um, it's not ideal but um, you know I've made some mistakes uh, well more than some uh, yeah. in my playing career um, obviously the boys have been they've been um, they shouldn't have been doing it but um, it's hard you know life is a football you're training all day they just expect you to go home at night but I totally understand the outrage Rob you were at the match you weren't out afterwards you were straight back I, down the road I was straight yeah. back down the road um, I mean it's a nightmare isn't it but um, let's hope there is a, a silver lining in this and it is that it's a major wake up call for Scottish football that if players get up to these sort of antics and they break out of the disciplinary barriers it could all go horribly wrong again we've been through four or five months of an absolute nightmare without football we don't want it to start again what do you think? 0808 17 17 700. Give us a call, speak to Rob and Sai. What do they reckon about what's happening? COVID, we knew it wasn't away, and my goodness, it's certainly still with us. And it's Aberdeen and it could be elsewhere. So we're going to hear from Nicola Sturgeon in a moment or two. And the other manager's been speaking about it as well. On the show tonight, in about 20 minutes, we're going to be speaking to, well, now the former Rangers star, Andy Halliday, who's joining us. And I'm looking forward to hearing Andy in a few moments. And then at six, Andy Walker joins us. So, and after that, Bobby Madden, who was the whistler last weekend at Petaudry, Rob. He was. Um, I mean, it's going to be great to have a referee on the radio. Um, and... Let's hope it can happen a bit more often as well, that we find out a bit more about our referees. They're human beings like the rest of us. Sometimes when we're at the football match, we don't actually think so. Um, but it would be good if they get the chance to talk. And I think that would help the whole communication process. Yeah, we've had Bobby on the podcast. Uh, Bobby started refereeing me when I was about 15 year old. 
I think I've been abusing him for 15 years now so um, him stick all do you know what is yep. brilliant about Bobby though for uh, me he's a shining light for referees because see on the pitch Paul you can give Bobby a bit and he'll give you a bit back he'll talk to you uh. and that's what I like about Bo- Bobby the only problem is he's came on the podcast and he's definitely better at podcasting than he's a referee and so <laughs> I think there could be a career in that for him instead but of referee he does yeah. look like someone you wouldn't want to pick a scrap with oh no he's not no. like that Rob. I've, I've flung him a bit many a time <laughs> 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 I've got a confession to make actually Go on. Charlie McGrew was on the, yep. on the show the other night I've got his passport. Is it? <laughs> I, I, I stole it. it. I stole it that night in trash. I got his ticket for the game as well. So thanks very much, really? Charlie. You never miss much, mate. Charlie's still trying to get to Seville. Right. <laughs> I've got a great story. Charlie actually done me once. What did um, you do? So yeah. Charlie was at Celtic at the time, yeah. and I was at Portsmouth. So me and my father was a massive Celtic fan. So I've uh, I've texted Charlie saying, uh, Charlie, can you get us a couple of tickets for the game? And sharp straight away. Uh, not just a couple of tickets mate I'll get you in the players lounge so he phones us there and then he says I'll get you a couple of tickets for the, the players lounge the only problem is Si it's changing the players lounge now it's collar and tie you need to wear a suit now knowing Charlie I was thinking Phew. so I text one of the other boys uh, straight away and I says to him is it, is it what's the script of the, the players lounge now never mentioned Charlie never mentioned collar and tie straight back oh nightmare site it's collar and tie now there's too many people coming up with casual gear on so I've said to my father-in-law It's call and tie At the players lounge My father-in-law's went out And spent 600 quid <gasps> Into no Slater's The full bit Slater's <laughs> Everything mate. Cufflinks I think he had Celtic like cufflinks Embarrassing Walked up to Celtic Park Up to the players lounge yeah. And I think some of these dads Dad had a pair of Sambas and shorts on And we are standing with <laughs> suits on So He got his back It still fits you though You look good in it <laughs> Brilliant That's Cy Ferry From the Open Goal Podcast He's with us In the Go Radio Football Show Also Back on Monday night will be Barry Ferguson. So you enjoyed it with Barry the other night, the two of you uh, up head to head. I think this is going to be special this season. Oh, I loved it. By the way, what a family, because his brother Derek's the exact same. Um, top players, top men. I just wish their dad met my mum so I can get a bit of it. Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I'm neither of them. But um, no, like Barry's got a perception and people think him, but it's only when you meet these people that you realise yeah. what good guys are. But I'm raging that Rob and Ali both got a bottle of red wine and I'm sitting here with it. What's the score? What's it? Well, you, you and Barry tighter than me and him? Uh? Well, I think so, probably. Uh, he's back in on Monday, though. You can give him a bit of V-Rake at that point. And he, he likes, he's very knowledgeable about, about wine, Barry Ferguson. Yeah. Not many people knew that, but he, he's a bit of a collector. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't empty all the bottles immediately. He keeps some of them. And like maybe your others, some of us. Well, who, some of us. Some of us <laughs> he did ask, know. "Did you let it breathe?" Yeah, yeah. I gave it a couple of gasps. <laughs> with, uh, with my response. Forty minutes, and I you know. didn't. Did well, you? Could, Forty I, minutes. Forty minutes, and you, well, you it, were like. But if it's as good as he said, you're not going to leave it for forty minutes. Can are I you? just say, I just couldn't believe that it, he's going to. He said to me, "I'm going to bring you a bottle of wine, but can you transfer the eight pound into my account?" No, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'm kidding on. <laughs> I said I wasn't even going to drink it. I said I don't drink. It's very kind. I'll, I'll let you give it to someone else. He went, "No, give it to your dad." I phoned my dad. He was like, "Super." <laughs> what a guy, yeah. Paul, when you think yep. Barry Ferguson, Charlie Mulgrew, yep. Marvin Bartley, yep. uh, we've had some great guests on. Uh, the week, the, the show's only a week old, and it should be said that it's available on podcast I've as well. Very, very quickly yep. after the show, yep. um, and it's doing really well already as a podcast. We're just in the Champions oh, League, aren't oh, we? Oh, you're just behind the best podcast in Britain. Don't worry about yeah. it. Are you Is still, that yours? Oh, <laughs> still top. Don't worry about that. No, the Go Radio Football <laughs> Show is moving up the scoreboards. We have done well, and. 
and uh, you know we're ahead of uh, some other rivals already on the us. podcast so tell your friends make sure you're tuned in here to the Go Radio Football Show and call in 0808 17 17 700 and text GO and your message to 87474 headlines tonight Aberdeen on more than the naughty step for two of the players testing positive for COVID-19 it's a really serious situation we're going to discuss it in a moment or two already Cy Ferry is saying no, they're out of order mm. but we know that you know they are human beings but they've been given this chance to get football back and the match tomorrow with St Johnson is off Rob what about uh, Rangers we'll speak in a few moments with Andy Halliday we're going to hear from Stephen Gerrard uh, going out of Europe was no big surprise no. Uh, but, but it was a great run for them and that's over. Now they concentrate in the league. Yeah, and I don't think there was ever any doubt that the European run was going to end last night. Three one down from the first leg five months ago at Ibrox. What's amazing about that Rangers European run was that it started in July 2019 and it finished in August 2020. I mean, the, the longest European run on, on record. But they've had some great performances, some great results on the way. They can grab loads of positives. But right at the moment, it's the start of another season. They have to come back to the domestic scene and kick on and kick on quickly. Definitely um, As you say That Leverkusen team Are a top team Watched it last night You're never going to go there In dominant possession uh, And I actually felt For the defenders And the midfielders Because I just thought That Kent and Morelos Were killing them You know You go over to Germany It's roasting They've got all the possession You win the ball back The ball goes up to Morelos And Kent And it just comes straight back to you In the big games I mean Kent for me, I like Kent mm-hmm. I think in the final third He's very good But his ball retention For me in the middle of the pitch Range as I say Under the cosh Pass the ball Twice he tried to dummy the ball In the middle of the pitch Top players, you can't do that against top players. You'll get, you'll get um, punished. Um, and again, Morelos. I mean, he looked more than a yard off the pace, and not just in terms of his hold-up play, but in terms of his pressing. You look at these top players at Leverkusen. Rangers are looking to play it for the back, and they're on them straight away. And last night, Morelos couldn't have done it, and, I, and eventually it killed Rangers. And I, I really felt for the midfield and, and defence. Rangers fans, what do you think of the new striking sign, signings that are coming in? It's some good news for Rangers, but Morelos, it is time to go, Rob, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Kemar Roof and uh, Cedric Itten, the two signings, they're both number nines. So it looks as if the writing is on the wall for Alfredo Morelos. But what is important for Rangers is that they get the price thereafter. They get value for the player who certainly delivered on the pitch in terms of all his goals. And now Rangers want him to deliver financially so they get what they feel they deserve for him uh, but already two replacements in the door we should talk about Celtic as well because there's lots going on in, in the transfer market and in the, in the speculation regarding what's happening with Celtic there's Albion Ajeti who's being linked with the club the West Ham's Swiss striker he's 23 uh, close to an agreement we hear on a season-long loan deal with an option to buy for which a fee which could be around £5 million. But of course, also bubbling around Lyle Taylor. We spoke about it last night with Marvin Bartley on the show. The guy who was at Partick Thistle for a, for a short spell. And of course, the one we've been talking about for days, Stephen yeah. Fletcher. Could that still happen? Any chance, Si? I don't think so. Uh, I spoke to somebody last night who was very close to him uh, and he said that the deal's off. I think he, he spoke to Neil Lennon on the phone uh, and Lenny was quite keen to get it done. But... Um, don't know whether it was length of deal or money or whatever, but um, not at this moment in time, I believe that the deal's off for Stephen Fletcher. So it's not going to happen. They've been talking about it for ages. Ajeti, what do you think? Have you watched any of the West Ham striker? A season-long loan? Is that the answer? 
Ajetis a no-brainer for me If you can get yeah. him on a season long loan I think somebody mentioned earlier That Edward was a similar deal I mm-hmm. think they're the sort of things That Celtic should be looking at You know a guy who's A guy who's done it at that level You know he was good for Basel he, He's done it He's got a pedigree He's played in Europe um, Massively for me Is that El Yunusi Will be a big player for Celtic this year And I think that They've played together That connection And you know You'll settle quick Because he's got a pal here And El Yunusi uh, So for Celtic to get a chance this is a guy that signed for West Ham for big money, so mm. a chance to get him on loan for the season, see how he does. Because even Edward, I thought, the first year he came to say, yeah. like, he didn't really impress in the no. games for me. Yeah. But what you get with this loan is a chance to see him every day in training. You get to see the qualities that he's got, what he doesn't have. So um, if they could get that done, it's a great bit of business for Celtic for me. OK, those are the headlines between now and seven. You can have your say on the Go Radio football show. Paul Cooney here with Rob McLean, Ali Defoy. And Cy Ferry, we've got him exclusively on the radio. And Barry Ferguson will be back on Monday night. There's some uh, breaking yeah. news from Barry Ferguson, actually. He Go says, your it. bottle of wine is coming Monday night, Cy. Yeah, <laughs> it's me and him will crack that open. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be putting it over my head after what I've just said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think that's, the break. that's what he meant by breaking news. To <laughs> Let it breathe. But it need to be some size of bottle to break my head. Look at the size of it. <laughs> so, Rob, when you were in Aberdeen last weekend, you didn't think that the coronavirus would uh, rear its ugly head again, but it has done so Nicola Sturgeon on the news that two Aberdeen players tested positive had this to say today when a football club ends up with players infected with Covid and let's remember uh, this is not through bad luck but through clear breaches of the rules they blatantly broke the rules that had been agreed which to put it mildly is completely unacceptable She's angry and not surprisingly so um, because of all the, the good work done and she feels that's been undone to a large extent by what happened in Aberdeen. Um, it's not just got implications for Scottish football, of course, it goes way beyond that. Uh, we don't want to start backpedalling, having taken steps forward. We don't want to be taking steps back. And if we selfishly do talk about Scottish football, as we will, obviously, on this show, uh, we just don't want to get back into those dark days where we didn't have games to go to. I know the fans still aren't in the grounds, but we're we're edging that way. But we're going to be taking serious steps backwards if this sort of thing happens again. Let's hope it's a massive warning to everybody, Si. Yeah, I think I think other other teams will take note, and I think players will, will realise that this is just known. You know, I've made mistakes in the past, as I say, but it's people's lives that are at, at risk here, and and it's the same players that are moaning that there's no fans in the stadium, and then they're kind of ruining it by by going out and drinking. But these guys are no animals, you know what I mean? They're human beings. I seen Dave Cormack saying today that these guys have cut the budget at Aberdeen from. Um, 9 million to 4 million so they're no bad guys they've made a mistake it does happen I've done it plenty of times myself but um, in the current climate it just uh, can't happen the impact isn't it the impact on everybody else and prone to making errors of judgement it's all about how we respond to something we wish had not happened we're therefore asking for your patience to give the affected players the time they need to make sure they are healthy and to provide the club with the opportunity to reflect on what we just went through. Ali. And I guess, uh, just thinking about it, it's the impact not only on the the players, but the fans who have paid to watch the game, the Sky deals that are happening. Uh, Of course, Dons were due to host Hamilton on Wednesday, which you were meant to be going to, whether that's still going to go ahead or not. Well, it is at the moment, Ali. It's it's, it's still happening at the moment, but of course, everything everything could change. That was Dave Cormack, the Aberdeen chairman, we were listening to there. He was very sombre, as you would imagine, Mm. very apologetic, because it has implications for everybody. The, The problem with coronavirus is that just one instance, one incident 
can just very quickly uh, develop into something massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it spreads so quickly as we're finding out. And of course, the impact that's going to have on everyone. If you were to go up, you'd have to stay in a hotel. Yeah, the players are tested, but out with that, nobody else is. So how are you going to work that out? So I guess we just all have to go with it, try and stay as safe as possible. And remember that there's plenty of Aberdeen players who haven't been out and they all need applauded for their hard work. It's not all of them. It's just the select few. Interesting take on it today. Neil Lennon was asked about it. And um, what's the routine for their players and all players at the moment? So they've been reminded now that we can't go out and socialise or open ourselves up to any sort of finger pointing. It's basically a question of training ground, home, games, training ground, home, games, you know. And unfortunately, that's the way it's got to be until things get better. Sai? Yeah, no, he's spotting, as I say. And 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 with this pandemic and the way Scottish football is now, you know, we're so relying on the Sky money. You know, Sky could get a bit annoyed that these games are getting cancelled and that players can't really take responsibility. And the last thing we want to do is Sky pulling it the TV deal, you know what I mean? And in England, I think I'm right in saying that no games were postponed, were they? When they finished off their season, they all managed to go ahead. I think, Ali, you were saying to the, yeah. was it the pubs that were... They were just opening as the season finished, so it was probably easier for the boys. But then again, you yeah. say that, but Kyle Walker and guys, they were, they broke the nose as well. You know, they're young yeah. guys. It, it will happen, but as they I say, it's people's not lives. Catch yeah, anything, not right not catch anything yeah. yet. All right, give us a call. 0808 17 17 700 as we look forward to the weekend as well. Okay, that game's not on, but uh, Stephen Gerrard, uh, he'll be talking about the match uh, over the weekend because it's Sunday for Rangers. But he had his final word then on a European campaign that had some great moments. I totally understand how important Europe is for the club in terms of finances. The reason the, the board have given me the backing that they have is because of the qualification qualification and the journeys we've had in Europe. I'm well aware of that. And the main focus now will be domestically. You know, we need to switch switch our attention now to St. Mirren. And when the qualifiers start, hopefully we'll be in a good position to go and give it everything we've got and qualify again because everyone wants it. The fans, the players, I want it, the board want it. And I think we'll be in a, in a good position to go and give it our, give it our own qualifier again. Stephen Jarrod, someone who knows him really well is Andy Halliday, who probably stayed at Rangers longer when he got to know and Stephen Gerrard got to know him. He's coming up here on the Go Radio Football Show next. The Go Radio Football Show. Let's go. Paul Cooney and the team. I'll tell you, you don't get that in Radio 2 weather, do you, in traffic? It's bucketing. <laughs> <laughs> Ali Defoy is on the programme tonight. Rob McLean with me, Paul Cooney. And Cy Ferry and Cy... Great guest coming up now. Looking forward to hearing the former Rangers star. Hard, funny to say former, isn't it? Yeah. Andy Halliday joining us from overseas now. Actually, it's not that great for me, Paul, because uh, I'm sick of listening to him, but uh, be good <laughs> to speak to him. Andy, are you there? Yep. Andy, are you there, mate? Hello. How Hello. are you doing, mate? <laughs> Sai, you all right? Simon. Oh, first of all, I just want to say to you, Andy, that was amazing. Great of you to give um, Brendan Barker a shot at your hair last night. Look, <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Sharrowton, I told you you had that Bobby Sharrowton barn. It's terrible, isn't it? Um, did you watch a game last night, mate? What Rangers pub did you watch in over there? Uh, I Rangers pub, just managed to get it on the dodgy box that I brought over to Spain. So <laughs> I watched it last night. Oh, what did you think, Andy? Because it's a hard game, and it Leverkusen are a top team. Aye, I think it, uh, obviously it's been a successful campaign for me just through the, through the season. But it did feel as if Leverkusen were just a that bit more step in quality. But in all fairness, I think the most disappointing for Rangers is probably the fact that they'll probably feel over the two legs. They never, they never gave a, probably the best account of themselves. But 
you can't take away anything for Bayer Leverkusen. I think they thoroughly deserve to go through and over the, the two legs. I know I've asked you this before, mate, but it must be so hard sitting watching Rangers when you were there and you're such a big fan. How tough is that sitting watching it and nobody will kick a ball? I, I, as it's just all the time, just eager to get back into playing football again. But uh, at the same time, it wasn't it wasn't too weird. It was uh, it was it was good to just watch them and support Craft Farm. Like I said, it was always going to be a tough task after the first leg at Ibrox, but uh, it was good to just watch them and, and, and play European competition again. But it's uh, it's going to be a long season again. Cause European football starts again in a month. But like I said, over the piece, I don't I don't I don't think the club and, and the players can be too disappointed because they've, they've done themselves justice over the year. Right, last question for me, mate. Don't give us the old. I don't know what's happening. You've had two weeks since I last seen you. Where are you going when you get him? What team are you are you going to go to? Mate, I'm going to give you the same answer, but it's no. It's uh, to be fair, I've I've, I've had a, I've had a few good conversations with clubs over the last couple of weeks, but to be honest, I, I'm not really wanting to dive into anything uh, too early because uh, you know a couple of conversations I've been honest with people that maybe it's not the not the move that I'm looking for. So, uh, albeit I'm I'm obviously itching to get back into training and playing football again, but at the same time I don't want to dive into something too soon that I don't feel right for me. So. Hopefully over, hopefully over the, you know, the coming weeks I, I can start to get clearer where my next destination is going to be. But for now, it's, uh, you know, there's nothing, nothing, certainly nothing tied down anyway. Andy, it's, it's Rob McLean here. We should say that you're not having a moment of deep reflection between question and answer. There just is a little bit of delay on the line between <laughs> here and and Spain. Um, can we throw an F word into the into the equation here, Fleetwood? Uh, is that is that a possibility for you? I will talk. By the way, just before I get into it, talk about the delay in Spain. Sai's got a Sai's got a history. I've not been great with timekeeping, so <laughs> when he told me it was uh, to come on at twenty past five, I've sat in my room at five o'clock Spain <gasps> time for about half an hour thinking he's at it again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and what's the temperature? I'm, I'm forgetting in Spain oh. being a so it's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no, obviously that's, that's one that's stepped up in conversation uh, a couple of times, and obviously I've I've spoken about it before. I, I hold Joey Bartman in high regard and uh, I think since he's been into Fleetwood he's done a great job there so um, you know that, that certainly could be an option going forward but like I said it's uh, the situation I'm in just now it's, it's obviously healthy to just try and get as many options as possible just to see where it can it can take me so right now I'm, I'm not in any major rush to to delve into anything but like I said it would certainly be an appealing option That was a 45 second version of no comment I think from, uh, from Andy Halliday to be perfectly honest I'm interested in your thoughts Andy about Alfredo Morelos um, I mean Rangers have just signed a couple of number nines it seems in Kimar Roof and, and Cedric Itton. Do you is it inevitable now that uh, Morelos is going to be sold? I think I think the thing with Alfredo is there's been a lot of uh, speculation uh, regarding his future at Rangers for the past sort of six to eight months, so it's, it's certainly nothing new. But I think now there is certainly a different view. Um, obviously, the fact that Rangers have went out and, and signed two strikers over the past week sort of sort of shows that maybe they're expecting Alfredo to move on elsewhere. But uh, I think the, I think Rangers have said on numerous occasions until his valuations met that uh, he's not going anywhere. But I think the the difficult thing is. If Alfredo doesn't want to be there, it's going to be very, very difficult to, to keep on an unhappy player. So it's, uh, it's obviously a catch-22 for the club, but I don't think the club are in any rush to sell him uh, regards to you know how good a football player he's been for the club over the last three, four years. So 
Um, I, I think until his valuation is met, I think he'll, he'll be a Rangers player for certainly the, the immediate future. The, the Rangers fans, though, will worry that, that good though these guys' pedigrees are, the two new arrivals, that they need to hit the ground running to live up to what's gone before because uh, Alfredo Morelos just guarantees goals. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I, to be fair, I think there's been some unfair criticism towards Alfredo as well because I, I think it's difficult for any player when uh, you know there's speculation regarding your future to to still be a hundred percent focused. And, and you know, it's, I think it's easy for people to say that he's you know he's not trying or you know the effort's not there. I, I don't think that's the case. I don't think any professional football player goes onto a pitch and doesn't try. So I think that it's, it's an easy option to come out after the game last night, albeit that he's. He's maybe not played his best to say that, but uh, I think I think it's uh, it works both ways because I think Rangers, whatever's going to happen with Alfredo, I think they'll want to get it resolved as soon as possible because, like I said, that well, they had a big game last night, but you know arguably they've got a bigger game come Sunday, so I think they just want to have a you know a settled squad going into what's what's a massive year for the football club, so they want to try and get the, the Alfredo situation resolved as soon as possible. Andy, two questions from me from Paul Cooney. One, working with Stephen Gerrard, what was that like for you? Yeah, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. I've, I've spoke to uh, I've spoke to, to Sai about it previously. I think. Yeah. Andy jumped in the pool, didn't he? He's gone for a wee swim. And we're just about to ask him. Andy's still there. It's gone. <laughs> That, that, two, yeah. that two second delay has just yeah. become a 20 minute delay <laughs> we, were all, we were all waiting hesitantly we're him, there weren't we who's going to win the title yeah. <laughs> asking Andy Halliday <laughs> the line's gone maybe he did it on purpose yeah. I, th- I think he sensed that question was coming yeah. that's why he ex- exited stage He's, left well he enjoyed us there uh, live from Spain thanks to Andy Halliday he was great in the Open Goal podcast wasn't he no he's an actual I couldn't yeah. believe it ex- again perception you, see, you meet Barry, Barry Ferguson for the first time and you kind of realise uh, sorry you kind of don't can't know, work out can't if he's got banter or not, or yeah. if he's dead serious. And Andy Halliday was a complete same, Ali. You're spot on. Like, I was a bit wondering what Andy Halliday was going to be like, but you could not meet a, a nicer guy and a great storyteller. Um, a lovely guy. We've got quite close since Open Goal, so I hope I, I wish him a good move. And I've actually been trying to help him get him. I've spoken to Portsmouth for him, so hopefully that maybe someone could come in that as well. Good player. He's only, what we were saying, 28 years old. So still uh, a few years left for Andy Halliday. OK, Andy, thanks for joining us. He was <laughs> waiting, I think, for about an hour because he, he was on Spanish time. Yes. <laughs> uh, I think he's the brightest. Uh, we're going to hear from Andy Walker at six o'clock in the programme and in the final hour from Bobby Madden, the FIFA referee. So it's going to be great to get uh, his take and both their takes on what's happening at the moment. Uh, 0808. 17, 17, 700. It's the Go Radio Football Show. And uh, if you've got any ticks, it's Go, first of all, and your message to 87474. Can we go on the lines now? Uh, Kevin has been standing by uh, with a call, I think. In fact, Andy's back just before you go, Andy. Hey. Hi. Andy, Andy. Andy's back. <laughs> we stuck a listening email. <laughs> I don't know what happened. We thought you'd dived in the pool. <laughs> well, yes. And Are you taking I- any pictures for Instagram again? <laughs> <laughs> Andy, I'm not qualified enough yeah. to do that mate final question then we're asking everybody on the line who is going to win the title this season are you seriously asking me <laughs> that there you go <laughs> <laughs> uh, no listen like, I'll be completely honest Celtic are obviously going to be the clear favourites going into the, going into this season obviously I've won the, won the league for the last nine years but uh, I, I just feel if Rangers show the consistency that it showed in the first six months of last season that, that it's definitely going to be close and 
And uh, obviously the big thing for the club is that they have added quality to the squad. I think it's been a big week for them adding two, two attackers because we did speak about the, the big onus that was on Alfredo to score the majority of the goals last year. And, uh, I touched on it beside previously as well that Ryan Kent, someone I, uh, I think very highly of him. Hopefully he can add more numbers to his game. He's got off to a great start with a goal against Aberdeen. So I think if all them tie together, then I think the Rangers can do it this year. But like I said, Celtic have been strong over the last over the last few years. So I think it's going to be interesting, but it's one that I'm looking forward to, to watching. Andy, uh, Rangers obviously lost a top quality midfielder at uh, the end of last season uh, is there anything else that, any other positions that you think they need to who, who was that? <laughs> <laughs> he's a left back Andy so, must uh, be talking about me <laughs> of course I'm talking about you mate I'm bumming you up here that's what made it day right, exactly anything else that they need Andy any other positions that you can see? I think um, depending on how they're going to play if they play with the same shape or they start Obviously, transitioning into wide men again. I think there's, there's competition to be there, especially on the right hand side of the attack. But I think there has been speculation that Kamal Roof can play there. I, I, to be honest, I, I think I might have played against him a few, a few years ago, but I can't really remember. But somebody's told me he can play in that right hand side. But I think that the fact that they've got more more options going forward is going to be big for them. Uh, I think, in terms of the back four, it's going to be pretty set throughout the season. I think if they're going to add one more player, uh, into their squad it's, it's most likely going to be a boxy box midfielder I'm, I'm a yeah. big fan of the midfield they've already got to the, at the club but I think uh, it's not a criticism but I will, what I would say is a lot of the midfielders are pretty similar um, so I think if there's going to be one person that's going to be added it might be that boxy box type midfield Brilliant mate thanks very much for coming on Andy oh, No problem thanks for having me Wait, Where are you taking the night? What's the plan for the night? Well, it was to go out for dinner, but I oh. remember I was I was working off Scottish time again, so <laughs> I had to push that back in there. So, so you're going for breakfast now? You're going for breakfast now? <laughs> Andy, send the bill to... Yeah. Get a quick shower, put my Rangers tap on and go out. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Thanks very much, Andy Halliday, joining us live from Spain. Um, great banter with him. He's uh, quite a guy. He'll get a club, won't he? But it must be difficult just now. It's just such a strange time. Andy Halliday... Really passionate player, isn't he? You yeah. know, I think he's one that the Rangers fans really associated, one of their own sort of thing. He, he yeah. just gave it everything, even even on bad days when things were going badly. Uh, you could never fault him for being anything short of hundred percent. Would you like, kept him? Would you kept him, Rob? At Rangers, if you were Rangers, I, 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 I think I don't think he was going to get in regularly. Mm. I, th- I think he's one of these who would give you quantity in the squad, but but maybe not really not really better than the starting eleven. Yeah. It's weird because I interviewed Lewis Morgan this, this week And uh, I feel the same for Andy Halliday I, never, I don't think he really got a chance in, in centre midfield Under Gerrard especially You know his best football for Rangers was playing centre midfield That year with Warburton He played as a sitter And then since Gerrard came in he was kind of pushed about left back, left midfield but, but who would you leave out? Yeah that's the problem isn't yeah. it? But you know as he says Too many similar players You know for me Kamara and Jack are too similar I think Andy Halliday could play box to box But ultimately I think Andy realises himself in order for Rangers to go to the next level, they need a, a probably a bit better standard of play. Rangers in action on Sunday against St Mirren at Ibrox 3 o'clock and then the Sky match at 4.30, Kelly against Celtic. Uh, we've got a question now about Celtic on the line and it's Kevin is on the line. Kevin, good evening. How you doing? You oh, alright? Hi, we're good. Hi, Kevin. Kevin, alright, mate? Hi, Odd. How you doing, Si? I'm good, how are you? <laughs> 
Oh, brand new. I think my missus is jealous I'm talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> Send us a number, mate. I'll speak to her after this. <laughs> I sit and watch you on YouTube and she watches if she's uh, you can about Fitbit. She doesn't really care about Fitbit. She just watches you. I think it's Bro, you mate. Get her on the phone. You can go, Ken. Put your missus on. Right, see you later. <laughs> Optical Express. What's your point, mate? It's Edward. It's like, what's Celtic doing with Edward? Like, there's a lot of interest, obviously. Sunbed Sally for Leicester's interested in him. You've got Arsenal want him. It's like, why right not Celtic will tie this guy up in a contract? If it's for an air, you give him an improved deal and just get him signed doing the speculation goes away. Yeah, I agree totally what you're saying, mate. I, th- I don't think Edward would want to sign a new deal, if I'm totally honest, mate. I think this will be Edward's last year at Celtic. Um, I, I think, think he'll. Would... We'll give you a lot more money, three for the ten in a row, and then we'll let you go. I think he will stay. I think Patty's, you know, he's on a contract now where he will be here to the end of the season. So I don't think there's any need to offer him a new one. Uh, because, uh, to be honest with you, I don't think he would sign it. You know, I think Edson, uh, Edson Edward is. Is Edward, sorry. I think he'll be here at the end of the season and then this will be his last year for say. Like I think they've came to a sort of agreement where he'll stay and try and get 10 in a row. And fair play to him for doing that because right now he probably could go to a top team. So. Um, I think he'll be here to the end of the season then that'll be Edward away after that The guy's just different class in the field him. I think that's that's our way but we just can't lose him so but he's a big difference big player yeah. You think he'll stay there? Yeah I think uh, he will I, th- I think it strikes me Kevin as the type that uh, wouldn't walk out the door wouldn't walk away because I think he appreciates what Celtic have done for him in addition to what he's done and for them with the goals he scored and obviously opening up with a hat-trick in the home game against Hamilton last Sunday just giving another indication of what he's all about I mean, I, I, I love watching him play just because he's no fuss he just does the job mm-hmm. and he just keeps banging in the goals and you know he does lots off the ball as well as a really smart player he's, he's going to move on but I think he'll be with Celtic at least for this season as they chase that 10 in the trot and, uh, what, do you think, what do you think you'll go for if he does go like, next, next well, year? No, I think you know you probably start from a figure like 25 million for Kieran Tierney mm-hmm. and uh, he scored about two goals a season so, mm-hmm. so you would have to be thinking 30 million and upwards and, and maybe you get eventually one when, when you do decide to sell him you get an auction going and you're getting clubs down south and across Europe who've got Money to burn, um, yeah. so so the the figure could could go up and up from from thirty million. side what do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think the European games will play a big part in it. How he does in Europe this year, you know, we know that he's a level above Scottish football, and he has done it in Europe in the past. But I think if he can go and have a really good season in Europe, then Aidan McGeady was a prime example for me. That's why Celtic got so much money for Aidan McGeady because on European nights, Champions League nights, he lit it up. And Plus. if Edward can do that, I can see it being you know more than thirty million if he can do it, and especially if Celtic can get in the Champions League, and Edward can go and do it there. Kevin, what do you reckon? Or your missus? Over 30 million for him? <laughs> <laughs> I reckon if it's 30, 30 million, but I think if he's, you know, after next he's only got one left in his contract. Yeah. How long's he got on his contract? Uh, this is, he's got two years, yeah. including the, that's what I'm saying. If you sign him up, then the big bucks. But if you've only got a year left in your contract, it's going to be. Yep. a big difference to see surely I, th- I think even with a year you'll still get big money for him you know a year's a long time I don't think top clubs are wait a year and, he, and he's going to get better yeah of yeah. course he is ok well, you, Kevin thanks for the call no worries thanks, thanks cheers, cheers Kevin cheers Kevin thanks for calling the Go Bye. Radio Football Show 0808 17 17 700 and uh, plenty more coming next the Go Radio Football Show the home of Crofty Adele and Grado every morning 6 till 10am and what a great week they've had as well they had Maya on this morning from Selling Sunset 
Say that. Is that one of your? Have you seen Selling Sunset? No. No. What's this? You haven't. Were you not on this morning? Uh, no, yeah. No, I was not on this. No. I slept in. Sorry. Uh-huh. <laughs> Were you supposed to be? No. I, I'll tell you later. Okay. Yeah, my, I watched Selling Sunset. Yeah. It's come out back out today, so I can't wait to watch that. Series three. Yeah, Maya was on this morning, so you could be on tonight with Cy Ferry, Ali Defoy, Rob McLean, and me, Paul Cooney. Between now and seven o'clock, we've had Andy Halliday's been on, Andy Walker's coming on, and Bobby Madden. They're definitely between now and 7. 0808 17 17 800. Neil Lennon looking forward to the match. Uh, that's always a, that's a really good one, isn't it? Kilmarnock, uh, the pitch you know, affects people. But Kilmarnock against Celtic on Sunday. Uh, here's the Celtic manager discussing the match and looking forward to it. We'll hear from him in a, just a second or two. Yep. Uh, Teething problems, early season, and yeah. that one's down to me. Here it comes, <laughs> Neil Lennon on Kilmarnock. Yeah. yeah, and we know that Rugby Park, the venue's a difficult place to go. Really difficult. You know, Alex is a very good coach. You know, and he's probably got that sort of foundation that he and Steve built on. Yeah, they're a team I respect. Really good, solid players, and um, you know, tactically they're very difficult to break down at times. Yeah. You know, a really hard place to go. I was at Dundee. When I was at Dundee, you, you never looked forward to playing Kilmarnock on the AstroTurf. You know, it was one that you would dread. Um, but Celtic have got a good record there. I think last year they were brilliant there. It was uh, when Griffiths just came back. His first game back. Um, him and Edward really linked up well. Um, my one worry for Celtic would be, would be defending set pieces. Um, Kilmarnock have got a few big guys. You know, Finlay, um, Gary Dicker, Power. They're good in the air. Um, and you see the Hamilton game other than Julian for me Celtic have not got a strong header of the ball in defensive areas Edward's probably the next biggest player but I don't th- I don't think his aerial ability is one of his, his best things uh, and for me Ayers beating far too easily in the air at times um, Hamilton's goal come from a free kick second ball ball gets put in and it's a goal um, so I think Celtic need to avoid um, sloppy free kicks corners um, if they do that I think they'll be they'll be comfortable on one What doesn't help Kilmarnock Paul is that they're looking for a goalkeeper they've got only one fit keeper at the moment and Danny Rogers ex of Aberdeen because uh, Jake Eastwood uh, who's on loan from Sheffield United he was injured on the opening weekend and he's out for 10 or 12 weeks oh. um, so they need another keeper urgently um, adding to the scale of difficulty uh, against Celtic on Sunday but um, yeah they're made of strong stuff Kilmarnock aren't they and that that, uh, engine room of the team is always mighty impressive yeah I've I've said before Dicker and Power for me are the mainstays in Kilmarnock's team I don't think they miss a game Um, experienced players they've played down south in the lower leagues they're tough they're good on the ball and then Celtic's fullbacks get so high now. I think that's the areas that Kilmarnock will be looking to exploit. You know, with Chris Burke, who's in good form. If, if Taylor does go wandering up the pitch, I think Lenny pulled him up last week for not getting back quick enough. You know, Chris Burke's a player that could hurt them. Uh, I like Brophy. I think Brophy's got a move in him. Um, if Brophy can have a good season, I, I think he can go higher. Um, and him kind of roaming in the areas that Taylor and Frimpong vacate, I think that could be um, Kilmarnock's best, best opportunity. David's on the line now from Cope Bridge. David, good evening. Good evening, guys. Good evening. Good to be hey. on. David, how are you doing, mate? Hi, right. David. We're all right. Uh, question, yeah. Hi. Um, <laughs> one of the, the previous callers uh, stole my point about if Edward was going to be sold this year, how much would he potentially go for? But my question was, uh, what do you know about the boy Ivan Tony? And do you rate him? 
To be honest, I heard Charlie. Was it Charlie that was talking about him during the week? Yeah, mm-hmm. I played against yeah. Ivan Tony at, when he was at Northampton, and he wasn't for me. If I'm being totally honest, a very raw, um, athletic, quick, but his touch wasn't great. The day we played him, it was twice we played him actually. And he was a young kid at the time. Mm-hmm. I think he was on loan from Newcastle. Um, and Peterborough in League One I mean I've done well in League One that tells you how bad the standard is but uh, it's a <laughs> no. massive jump you know to come from Peterborough uh, in League One to Celtic if I was Celtic I'd be looking at a better calibre player it's not like he's a young boy and he's still got room to improve you know he's he's older and um, if I was Celtic I'd be looking for a better calibre player if I'm, if I'm totally honest Rob? Well he's going to have to be good isn't he to elbow out either of the two guys in possession Odds and Edward obviously is a stick on to play uh, Lee Griffiths as well I mean Celtic ended last season playing 3-5-2 and the pair of them combined brilliantly together so I, I guess we're talking back up but then you ideally you want a guy who's putting some pressure on and, and threatening to play you don't want him just settling for a squad place Yeah and I think if they can get the guy through West Ham as I say the calibre yeah. that he's played it, it's a no brainer for me that you would take him over Ivan Tony. What do you think? Uh, well, obviously, I've just seen a clip on YouTube. That's maybe his agent that's put him on. <laughs> the I think but, that was uh, him himself that put that up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, worry, the worrying thing for us, we, um, you know, on Twitter, we're hearing that Edward, 35 million, Atletico Madrid, mm-hmm. you know, Celtic, they couldn't knock that back, could they? I don't know, you know. I think Celtic could knock it back yeah. until one more year. They could end up getting more money. I don't think they're in desperate need for money, Celtic, are they? No, no, I just think maybe in this this current situation, no, it's... Uh, listen, I hope we keep them, but uh, fingers crossed, fingers crossed, but... Listen, thanks very much for answering the call. Cheers, oh, no, David. See, but on the like striker situation, Paul, what type of striker do you think they need? If Edward was to go, what sort of... Would it just be a straight replacement for him? But to replace him would be so difficult, but you yeah. need someone like Edward, and how would you find him? And as you said, Edward, and he's, when he came at the beginning, uh, after Musa bin Dembele, people were not so sure. It took time to settle... How are you going to find him? You think he's going to stay this season? Yeah, I think he'll be here to the end of the season, definitely. And I think if you could get the guy for West Ham, that then gives yeah. him a year, doesn't it, to mm-hmm. kind of learn off Edward and then be the main striker next the, year? The impression I get is that Ivan Tony has slipped down the list. Yeah. He, he was he was getting a mention, but I think now he's been overtaken by Albion Ajeti of West Ham. Also, um, well, Stephen Fletcher, I mean, size telling us that that, may have, that one may have gone. Lyle Taylor is still in the frame as well. Um, so I'm not sure Ivan Tony is particularly up there at the moment, but uh, Celtic can afford to be selective because um, you know they've got a couple of really good strikers on board already. Yeah, Ajeti seems to be the one. Rob, late afternoon today, who's been back in the news, they're suggesting that he could be on his way, but it's not confirmed. Far from confirmed yet. And also, it, and also, sorry. yeah, season-long loan is the plan. And, yeah. and Si was just saying earlier on that, that that's a great way to go about your business because you get a year to, to look at him, see what he does. And you've got that option of uh, spending £5 million and bringing him permanently on board. Swiss international, 20, it's a good age, isn't it? 23 yeah. years to get him in the door. Yeah. And knowing Neil Lennon as well, he'll lean on his players. He's, he's a type that you'll pull Scott Brown and ask about Stephen Fletcher. You'll pull El Unusi and he'll ask about Ajeti at West Ham. So um, it'll be thorough. It, w- it won't be a... A throwaway decision It'll be well thought out You'll ask players opinions What they think um, And I think Ajeti will be the man That comes in But on that bio go Ali And maybe to St Mun <laughs> Happy with that? You'd be happy with bio At St Mun wouldn't you? Well I think that's gone now Hasn't oh, is that it? Not yeah. happening? Oh, I think, is that? I th- I think, I think the, the latest one I heard Ali Was Toulouse Was yeah. that he might be going on loan To Toulouse I think so I don't know whether that ship Has sailed as well Unfortunately Don't okay. know See I know Jim Goodwin From what I'm reading today In the papers Is slightly concerned about uh, Roof <laughs> 
or roof right uh-huh. and that's the thing Sunday, I, yeah. Yeah. and that's the thing I've said I think it was Monday I said it and Rob you asked me the question you know Celtic buying these players for 2 and 3 million pound bio you know 2, two million pound people underestimate how, how, how tough the league is here yeah. guys at 2 and 3 million pound for me Kilmala's in the same bracket they find it tough at teams like Celtic they're used to playing in front of maybe 5 and 6 thousand but this guy Ajeti he's been at Basel Champions League um, he would be the man for me Callum is on the line now for from Dundee he's called 0808 17, 17, 700. Callum, good evening. You're on the Go Radio Football Show. Thanks for calling. What's your point? Oh, all right, how you doing? Hi, good. Hi, Callum. Yeah. And Si, another Dundee man. How Callum, you doing? Dundee, mate. Where are you from? Stobie, mate. Stobie. Oh, we better move on. Oh, <laughs> watch your pocket. <laughs> <rivalry. laughs> can, can we get yeah. the subtitles on? We might need it. We might need it. <laughs> What's happening, mate? I uh, should do a question about Dean. Um... Sorry, I agree with what you said earlier about Aberdeen players. They're, they're humans and they should have a social life. Uh, every footballer should, especially in Scotland. But as especially now, I think footballers should have a duty of care to look, like, look after yourself. They should have a duty of care to not be putting themselves in situations where they should be like, well, where they can put themselves in situations where games can be suspended, especially in pubs, especially. Do you think that they should face not just a forfeited match, but also a points deduction, maybe? Can I just say it's funny because it's happened in that area that, uh, of Scotland because Peterhead fans have been tweeting me saying they think I've had Corona for three three years <laughs> for some of my performances. But uh, oh, no. <laughs> do you know what? I, I think you're totally spot on. I think St Johnston be, should should be awarded the three points. I think if you're yeah. if you're a player, yeah. okay, getting fined in that that hurts you. But losing three points and really affecting your club due to your actions as a player that would really really hurt you. So Ca- yeah, mm. Callum, do you agree with that? Uh, absolutely spot on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm a Dundee United fan myself and I think a points deduction would definitely help us. <laughs> <laughs> Rob McLean, Rob, what do you reckon? Well, we haven't, we haven't heard yet I mean, about sanctions, have we? I mean, that, that's still to be considered by SFA, S, SPFL about what, the, what they're going to do about this. They're going to ha- make a decision about it and, and maybe take some, some punishment and maybe make the clubs, Callum, take responsibility for their players. But um, you, you, do, you would feel for the club as well in that situation, wouldn't you? Because, um, you know, the players have just gone out of their own bat on a Saturday night and uh, what can you do do you do you chain them up at the training ground uh, definitely I think uh, I think McInnes will be very happy I think he's already come out and said that um, yeah. I think obviously during all this uh, the clubs have been warned like the players have been warned they've got like I said a duty of care to make sure that they're not putting themselves in this situation I do agree with saying that they should have a social like they are human beings but uh, yes you've definitely got to remind and like I think Dundee United have released a statement this evening making sure because their training grounds are saying an open ground. A lot of people have been coming up for selfies, mm-hmm. signing shirts and whatnot. They've put out a statement saying, reminding fans, don't do that. And I think a lot of clubs will probably be in the same boat. No, that was probably my mum that was doing that. Sorry about that. <laughs> Before you go, Callum, what, what, what about the game on uh, on Saturday? Motherwell at Fir Park, how's, how's that one going to go? How pleased were you with the opening weekend, that the draw with St Johnston? It's definitely going to be tough after Motherwell's finish last season. Obviously, they were probably the top team outside the old firm. Uh, great squad, I think. As a Dundee United fan, I'm happy quite... I was. I would have took a point before the St Johnston game. Uh, after it, I would have probably wanted a win. Obviously, them going down to 10 men. Um, after Motherwell getting beat away to Ross County, they'll definitely be fired up. But uh, see what, it's anyone's game at this point. I I think we can maybe come away with a draw at least. Um, but we'll see what happens there. <laughs> Top six, do you reckon? I would definitely take it, but uh, I think... <laughs> Staying up, staying up to the target of this season, yeah. and maybe next season, next season we can push on. And Mickey Mellon, Mickey Mellon, I was definitely happy with that appointment. Great pedigree, 
never managed or played in Scotland. That was the only thing, but uh, managerial pedigree, brilliant. Five promotions, I think it is. So, yeah, very happy with that. Robbie Nielsen? Robbie Nielsen? Uh, I don't want to say my opinion <laughs> on Robbie Nielsen. Okay. <laughs> Callum, I thanks. can't say what I think of him on air. No. <laughs> okay. Listen, thanks very much for joining us on the Go Radio yeah. Football Show. Thanks so very much. Cheers, Callum. Yep. yep, cheers. We're cheers, on mate. till nine, seven. Nine, do you want to stay on till no, nine? Extra time. No, extra time with penalties. Coming up next is the news, and afterwards we'll have Bobby Madden, and straight after the news, Andy Walker. The Goal Radio Football Show. Paul Cooney and the gang here with the Goal Radio Football Show. Big news coming in, Cy. Barry Ferguson is delivering the red wine on Monday. Tremendous. <laughs> cannot wait. Cannot wait for a night at Barry's. The West Wing. What a hoose. Give us your calls 0808 17 17 700 or text go and your message to 87474. Rob McLean, Ali Defoy with us too in the studio. Well, the big story today is about the Aberdeen, the COVID outbreak, two players testing positive and the match tomorrow at uh, St. Johnson is off. And on the line now... Uh, the, the man who would have been covering it tomorrow for Sky, uh, football legend, Celtic and Scotland star of the past and many other clubs, old friend Andy Walker. Andy, good evening. Great pleasure to speak to you, Paul. How are you? And you, Andy, very well. Uh, good to be back on the radio and the football again. And thanks for coming on tonight because obviously you thought you'd be yeah, talking yeah. about tomorrow's match. Uh, but how disappointed are you and Sky that uh, the match has been postponed? Yeah, we heard about it earlier today and I think we quickly tried to make some other arrangements. We tried to get another fixture on, but I think just due to logistics, we couldn't uh, we couldn't get another fixture, which was disappointing. And I think, I think it was a big question for whoever represents the SPFL because Thursday night, that fixture was given the go-ahead yeah. and everyone knew then that as you mentioned earlier, the, the eight players who've got the COVID issues. I mean, the last thing you want to do is have people travelling to a different place and the possible infection for others. So, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm unsure as to what will happen with Aberdeen-Hamilton on Wednesday and then the Celtic-Aberdeen game next week. Uh, they, must be in, they must be in some doubt. It's a bit embarrassing, isn't it, Andy, that you know the English matches went ahead for five or six weeks um, and in week, well, the end of week one, uh, we've got a casualty already. Yeah, you still had that embarrassment of players doing daft things and having parties and, yeah. you know, Jack Grealish and one, one or two others uh, doing daft things and, you know, footballers will always do that. I mean, <laughs> we've all done it in our time, yeah. but uh, I think we have to recognise the the seriousness of the situation. You've got to remember the... I mean, the, gate, the the season was called early last season, Paul, and if you fall behind in your fixtures, the precedent has already been set that, you know, if the Scottish League, if they get into a winter where a number of fixtures are being postponed, and then you move on into February and March, and all of a sudden you realise there's no, there's no dates to full, uh, get all your fixtures in. Uh, the advice must be to every club, get your points in early because uh, we're going to have some cancellation in the winter and uh, if we can call a season early as we did last year, uh, we could do it again this season and you know what's at stake this season. It's, uh, can you imagine trying to call this season when it's been incomplete and Celtic or Rangers are one, two, three points ahead or behind whoever is uh, facing 
Wow. Almost impossible. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's been looking forward to the football so much. Last weekend, mm. it was great to see it back on. Um, Rob, you were there as well. You know, you were at Pataudry, then yep. you were at Celtic Park. Yep. And uh, we want to talk about the football. And Andy, while you're on as well, about your old team Celtic and uh, the striking position. Edouard, any insight? Do you think he'll stay? Sai reckons he's going to stay. Celtic will say one more season uh, to try for the 10 in a row. Rangers bringing in two new strikers. Looks as though obviously they're focused now totally and trying to stop it. What do you feel, Andy, about this season? I think if someone wants to get their checkbook. Oh, just that light's gone. <laughs> is, yeah. Andy, is Andy in the hotel room with Andy Halliday? <laughs> no, it's come back. Yeah, the checkbook we got to there, Andy. Yeah. Yeah, I think if someone's prepared to pay the money for Edward, then I think you can guarantee a bit of business will be done. I've done a couple of games down South Pole, and I've done a couple of Newcastle games. Joe Linton. Mm-hmm. plays for Newcastle. Mm-hmm. He, he's a decent player. Mm-hmm. He's played pretty much the whole season as a striker. He scored two goals and he cost £40 million. Yeah. So, yeah. Edward could walk into that team and make a difference. In my view, he could walk into any of the top six teams and make a difference. So, if someone was to pay more than Celtic were getting for Dembele or even Kieran Tierney, if they're north of £25 million, I think Celtic will do business and I think that's why they're looking at some other options at the moment. Do you think, if Andy, if, if uh, Celtic signalled their interest in accepting uh, an offer for Odson Edouard that, that an auction might take place at that point and, and the price might start getting into the, the 40 to 50 million area? Well, that you would certainly do business then, Rob. I'm sure you would agree. But I thought it was interesting a few weeks ago when Neil Lennon said, uh, you know, everyone is for sale at the right price yeah. at Celtic. So I think he knew that there was maybe some interest in Edward then. There hasn't been anything solid, as we all know. But if you start uh, the bidding at 25 and you're going north of that, I think Celtic will, will do business and... You know, whether whether you're going for 10 in a row or not, I think if Edward has got the chance to triple or even quadruple his money down south, eh, why wouldn't you take it? How much would that worry the Celtic fans if Edward was sold, if if Celtic did get that offer that they, they couldn't refuse going into this momentous season? How, how worried would the Celtic fans be that this might just be a crucial bit of business and not in a good way? I still think the the squad is really strong, Rob. I still think they've got great options. They they need a star man. They've got one in Edward. So if they get someone else in, uh, who who knows how he'll perform. But they've got Forrest. They've got Christie. They've got Elia Nussi. They've got a couple of fullbacks who are very attack-minded. They've got a lot of options from middle to front. They've got a lot of options in terms of goal scorers. Uh, but Edward is a star man. He's got a bit of style. He's got a bit of panache. He's uh, he's absolute quality. And I had a quick word with Martin O'Neill uh, last week before he went into the studio with Sky. Yeah. And I'm sure you heard him say, Rob, that uh, since Henrik Larsson, uh, Edward is the best Celtic striker that he's seen. And I thought, wow, that that's really... Yeah, that's a that's tribute, really isn't it? Mm. I mean, he was standing next to John Hartson. <laughs> Chris Sutton was an unbelievable Celtic player. And then you had guys like Samaras and Griffiths, Scott McDonald, Chris Commons. I mean, to, to have Edward as the best since Larson 
uh, maybe he's trying to sell them as well. Maybe he's trying to get the price off. Yeah, I take I take your point about the the, the quality players that Celtic have. Um, in addition to to Odson Edouard, but in the psychological battle, and sometimes that is where it, a lot of it takes place. Uh, if you lose Edouard, who Edouard is a player who. I guess scares Rangers and scares their fans in terms of the prospect of Celtic getting their titles at the double figures. If suddenly he goes, uh, does that maybe shift the balance of power? Um, I'm not. I, I haven't seen enough of Rangers yet, Rob, to see how they're going to look. I'm convinced they will also uh, do business with Morelos. Yeah. I, I'm not yeah. sure Stephen Gerrard can trust them anymore, and I think that's. I mean, even Stephen Gerrard a few weeks ago. I need more. I need more quality. So whatever way Rangers are doing it with the with the board, they are giving him the support that he's looking for. So to get Kimar Roof in, I think to, I think he's a really good player. I've seen him once or twice. The only problem, Rob, is that he doesn't play a full season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's very injury prone, and uh, it will just depend if you can get him fit. If you can get him playing every week, he's absolutely got the ability to to score. To score heavily in the in the Scottish Premiership, I think. Yeah, I mean, these guys have got great pedigree, uh, Kimar Roof and, and Cedric Itton, but you know they're they're unknown quantities in terms of doing it here, doing it for yeah. Rangers. What what they've got in Morelos, um, and it seems he is heading towards the exit door. But what they've got is it's just a proven goal scorer. He guarantees them goals, and and they they need a replacement that doesn't take uh, three months to get up and running. They need somebody who gets kick started immediately. Yeah, that, that's so true. And I think every week, Rob, you're going to have every uh, performance analysed and any dropped point is an absolute disaster. If you lose a game, it will be a catastrophe. It will be the league is gone or the league is won, whoever, whatever side you're supporting. It. I think week to week, we will get extreme highs and lows from supporters who will think, yep, we're heading in the right direction or it's all going <laughs> tragically wrong. Uh, it's going to be that. It's going to be that type of season of, of uh, one extreme to the other. I think. Great to have it back, though, Andy, isn't it? Well, we hope we have. Obviously, we've oh, lost the Aberdeen brilliant. match tomorrow. Yeah. So Ra- Rangers St Mirren on Sunday, and then Kilmarnock against Celtic. That's your match Sunday afternoon. Yeah, looking forward to it. And Kelly have made it difficult for Celtic a couple of times down there, but. Yep. Just the way Celtic started the season last weekend, Paul, I, I thought they were sparkling in some of their play. And, uh, you know, that's not to put down Hamilton. I thought they were quite adventurous. I thought they had a go. They created a number of chances. But when you've got that amount of options from middle to front, when you've got two fullbacks determined to get so high, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Chris Burke has a, has a bit of an impact because he's a player that I still rate. Guy McKenzie is still a good player. I like Greg Kilty. Kelly have got players that um, can do the business against Celtic, but um, just the, the fact that we've got no supporters, I, I really hope it's not something we'll have to get used to for the whole season. I think Celtic made a statement, didn't they, Andy, last Sunday when you know it, it was looking as if it was competitive halfway through and then they just uh, shifted up a gear early second half and blew Hamilton away. Yeah, and you saw the amount of chances they were making, Rob. They, they weren't uh, content to sit with two, three, four goals. They wanted to go and get more. And I, I think that's the same 
uh, most weeks with Celtic. If they're firing in all cylinders, they can really rip teams apart. And I think, you know, Celtic have always been renowned for outscoring the opposition, outscoring their, their nearest challengers. And, uh, you know, as long as they're good defensively, I think it'll be interesting, Rob, to see how the goalkeeper sets in. Because mm. he, he he's not here to sit on the bench. No, mm. I was with uh, I was with Patty Bonner today. Just had a wee chat, just to see what he knew about him. And um, so that'll be a long conversation, like, I'd imagine. <laughs> well, Packy's been for about half, half an hour. Did you get a word in? I didn't get. I got a good couple of coffees in. Andy, no, I think he is obviously a big player and a big sign. I think he's a a huge gamble to, to spend that amount of money on a, on a goalkeeper. It just shows you how highly uh, they rate that position, that, that specialist position. Andy, we're just uh, reminding uh, Sai of how many clubs you've played for. We used to do this in the radio, hmm. how many different clubs. So we'll throw in... Uh-huh. A United. Saiga, Saiga the same amount of clubs. Uh, yeah. Oh, come on, Andy. Hey, mine's a lower league, mate. You're the top teams. No, hey, listen, but, that, I finished at Alloa. They, they the wasps. killed me. Yeah. There was no <laughs> chance I played more than two or three months with the Wasps. It was, uh, <laughs> it was thought, I swore one night at uh, Terry Christie, yeah. and uh, honestly, I thought I'd committed some sort of murder. <laughs> no one's ever spoke to me like that, and you need to go. I can't, I can't have anyone swearing at me. Honestly, I've forgotten about it. We've got a game on Saturday. Let's just go on. Andy, can you? They're not playing again. Can you name all your clubs? Uh, We used to do it. Sheffield United. No, but I'd I'd like them in order if possible. I'll start at Motherwell, then I went to Celtic, then I went to Newcastle, Bolton, Celtic, Sheffield United. I went to two loans. Hibs, Air United. There was a, a loan, at, loan at Wraith in between. Yeah. Loan at Wraith, that's right. I had a trial for a team in Greece that was in London. Uh-huh. I had a trial for a team in Italy that was in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> I had a trial for Walsall at Firhill. Wow. <laughs> Walsall were playing Sicily at Firhill, and honestly, in my John Lambie was right. He uh, he finished my career. He took me off at half time, uh, still in Albion once. We were getting pumped three now, and he said, "Andy, your legs have gone off. You come." <laughs> I didn't play again. Oh. Andy, it's great to hear you on the phone in tonight on the Go Radio Football Show. Andy Walker, thanks very much for joining Cheers, us. Andy, all the best. Cheers, Andy. Great to hear you, Paul. Thanks a lot. Good luck with the station. Thanks very much, Andy Walker. Early we heard from Andy Halliday. Bobby Madden is coming up quite shortly. Uh, we're going to take another call just now, just before the traffic. Leon's on the line from Rock Hill. Hello, Leon. Good evening. How's it going, guys? Yeah, yeah all right, good, thanks. Yeah. How's your Friday night? Aye, mate. All right, man. Good. Uh, What's just it? a question, please. Yeah. So, basically, I want to know, if Rangers are the most to Celtic by Christmas, does Gerard have to go? Huge Jeff, mind you. Wow. Yeah. I would, I would think so. Yeah. Uh, you know, towards the end of last season, it was now great great time for him uh, obviously beat 1-0 at home uh, Hamanakis and I think at that time he was maybe close you know I think there was talks uh, that he could go uh, I think if they're behind Celtic at Christmas by a good point um, I think I think the talks will come that, that Steven Gerrard could go but then what would be the point if they're that far behind Celtic would you then let him see it out to the end of the season and get somebody in for a fresh start but would Steven Gerrard want to hang about yeah. if he wasn't going to be challenging Celtic for the title 
I'm not sure him. That might be he. Might, he might be the guy that calls time up. Huge if though. Side, do you not think it's going to be toe to toe? I think it will. I think Rangers' two signings have been good, yeah. and I think they will sign more. Um, but the difference is, as Andy was saying there, Stephen Gerrard has to motivate his players every game. The the big thing that Celtic have got is, like you said, second uh, first half against Hamilton. When they're not playing well, they look over at that bench, and Cham's sitting there, El Hamed's sitting there, Griffiths is sitting there, um, Rodrick's sitting there. That's all the feel that Celtic players need to be on top of their game because if you're not doing it, you're out the team. You know, you look at Rangers subs the other night that came on, Greg Stewart, nowhere near the same level as guys like Cham and, and Rodrick. So, um, squad players are all very well and good, but it's, it, it's very good squad players. And that's what Celtic have got just now. One of the squad, squad players who's on his way out, we believe Ali Defoy has some news on that tonight. Yeah, Bayo has signed on loan to Toulouse. It's just been confirmed. I don't know the length of the loan, but yeah, that's confirmed now. Just didn't happen for him, did it? That's a strange yeah. one for me if yeah. it's a loan. You know, I think Bayo's problem was that he couldn't get up to speed with the Scottish game. I thought mm. the St Mirren loan move was a no-brainer for me. Mm. You know, get him playing every week in the SPL, maybe toughen him up a wee bit. Um, a good manager there in Jim Goodwin. Um, and uh, I think St Mirren will do well this year. So, uh, for me, if I was a Celtic manager, I'd be sticking Bayo on loan to St John- uh, Mirren. He's down the road for you, you can watch how he's doing and assess it for there. And that'd be a tough choice in location, wouldn't it, Paisley or Toulouse? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, come it's, on. it's a great it's setup, speaking. though. It is a great setup at the New Love Street, isn't it? It is. Yeah. 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 St Mirren Park, but we, we fondly call it that anyway, so whatever. Well, Leon, in, in asking that question, did, did you have a feeling that it might come to that then, that, that, that Rangers might be languishing come turn of the well, year? Well, going, it's one of the biggest, obviously probably the biggest season in Celtic and Rangers history. Yep. Rangers won't stop it, and it's one of the ones where the fans will be given given mm-hmm. all sorts, all sorts of calls. And then again, the Rangers fans are shouting it's nine and a half in a row in that long. So, <laughs> Leon, would you so, have kept Stephen Gerrard in the summer there? What's that? Would you have went with Stephen Gerrard again this summer? Well, I don't know, man. It's 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 a hard one because he's done well in Europe, not for Rangers, yep. isn't he? So it's 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 a difficult one. It's not Europe that you're, you're you're interested in, though, really, is it? Stopping 10 no, in a row. No, but I do take that point. I mean, yeah. some of those results against really top opposition in Europe uh, marked Rangers down as, as a really good team at that stage. And, and that's the, that's what made it all very surprising, Leon, when they self-combusted domestically after the winter break. Leon, thanks a lot for calling. Cheers, 08, Leon. 08, yep. 17700. 17, uh, text your message, go. Plus your message to 87474. Well, coming up, Next, just after the break, it's going to be FIFA whistler Bobby Madden. He's coming next. The Go Radio Football Show. Thanks to everyone who's making the switch to the Go Radio Football Show every night, Monday to Friday. Rob and Ali have been here all week. Si and I in and out during the week and uh, loving it here tonight with you on the football show. Well, Derek McInnes has been speaking about his Aberdeen players and the current situation. We have made well aware the responsibilities of us all. It wasn't so long ago, and I've been speaking often enough about how grateful we were for the opportunity to get back playing football. The current restrictions we're under, players have got to have added responsibility and be far more measured and make better decisions than, than going out in a group. Um, so for that point of view, the wrong has been clear to them. We have to continue as if we're in a lockdown. We cannot um, put ourselves more at risk and have the impact of what we're trying to do here, which is playing football. It's tough enough, isn't it, Rob, without this happening? Because the, the Dons have had a tough summer. The players have taken pay cuts. And now, no match tomorrow. 
Yeah, he sounds like he's pulling his hair out, doesn't he? Yeah. Um, and responsibility is the key word, isn't it? It's about individuals who should know better taking responsibility. Otherwise, the whole COVID crisis kicks off again. And, you know, there are big issues there with, with health and welfare and people dying and all the rest of it. But if you're, if, if you're looking at it from a Scottish football point of view, we've waited so long for it to come back. We don't want to be throwing it away again. Yeah, and there's one thing Dale won't be doing is pulling his hair out because he absolutely loves that. <laughs> um, but no, you know, I know a lot of boys that have played under Dale, and I know Dale personally, um, and he gives these players a lot of leeway and a lot of trust. And I think that's what will hurt him more than anything. You know, there's no way after that performance against Rangers that Derek McInnes has allowed told those boys they can go out. And I think, obviously, adding to the what's happened with the pandemic, but the fact that they've done that um, will really hurt Dale. I know that. So that matches off tomorrow and we'll find out about the game with uh, Hamilton, which is due on Wednesday night. We'll give you the news first here on Go Radio. Si, Si Ferry, quick question for you. Yes. Who's the best referee in Scotland? Well, I call him by a mile. <laughs> Cue our next guest, FIFA referee Bobby Madden. Bobby, good evening. I'm awake, that's me. <laughs> Bobby, thanks for joining us. That was great. Bye-bye. Pleasure. Oh, Bobby, how are you doing, mate? All right? I'm good, Simon. How are you, Tom? Well, I'm not great because your partner nearly got my podcast shut down, so thanks very much for that. <laughs> I need to say you, mate, i seen you again on Instagram. You're out training again. You must be the fittest you've ever been. What are you in, what are you in now, a 36 waist? <laughs> it's going down. It's absolutely going down. Six kilos off in lockdown, so um, I've used wow. the time wisely. Is that what you've lost, Bobby? Six kilos you've six lost? Six kilos, yeah. I think that's down to the fact I'm in furlough from my full-time job, so... Uh, it's given me the opportunity to train like a professional. As much as we've got a professional approach, we don't have the time to dedicate to it. So I've really enjoyed that. and um, So it's, it's, it's paid dividends so far. And I've seen that you've had quite a lot of the young referees out with you as well, Bobby. How good is that, that they've maybe phoned you up and asked to come out and train with you? Well, that's I think, you know, I think we've got a responsibility as senior officials now to try and get, um, to bring people into refereeing for one. And that was the main reason to open up the Instagram account to let people see what we're doing, what we're trying to achieve and what the the referees are getting up to but even for the referees that are already in the system and, and their own pathway it's good to kind of get them along and try to encourage them so they can make steps forward I know but that Instagram account's also for the pictures that you keep sending me you need to stop that mate <laughs> I know they get worse as the season goes on just a, a football question Bobby you gave it the first red of the season yep. Andrew Considine no brainer now that you've looked it back I mean, it's a, it's a clear red card. Yeah. I think we spoke about that as match officials you know I think you can very easily get sucked in because there's no crowd there um, so we say that we need to maintain our concentration levels and focus. So I mean, normally if that tackle went in in a normal environment with spectators, there would be a reaction. So um, so it's important that we were prepared, but absolutely, there was no doubt. I think the red card was in my pocket within a couple of seconds. So um, it was quite good. Cool. like Andy. I think the most reckless thing Andy done previously was that video he stagged with him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Bobby, no yellow card for Scott Arfield? For what? For his first, yeah, for his first touch. When someone has a loose first touch That's when the alarm bells start ringing yeah. for referees And then I know that you see some Other pundits talking about showing these frames and still images of Scott Atkins too. Scott Atkins two feet If you look at that instant in its entirety You can't judge a football tackle with a still image That's, that's madness yeah. uh, You need to look at it to get the full intensity You need to watch it and I think anybody who watches that will realise It's a clear red card for for Andy You'll be glad to know This is my last question Bobby uh, How did you yeah. find it Without the fans Obviously as you say You go on reactions So how did you find it uh, So It's disappointing I know there You know Because I mean I enjoy that pressure And the banter And the, the even engagement You're warming up You know You'll get the odd comment There's actually a guy At Aberdeen Who looks like Frank Gallagher 
and the same was who gives me power. So I missed that. <laughs> I think even during the game, you know, it gives the game an edge. But the thing I really noticed was when Ryan Kent was running straight through. Imagine Ryan Kent running straight through in a one and one in that fixture. That stand behind the goal would be up and, and creating quite a noise, and, and the away fans would be doing the same down that corner. He was running through, and there was nothing. You know, there was no comment. It was like a training exercise. So really, if you look at that, there's less pressure pressure on the players in in that situation. So that was really noticeable. But in terms of us. It's concentration is key for us. Um, so no, I'm glad it went well to start with. Bobby, Rob McLean here. What, what are you thinking Hi. about the, the COVID outbreak at Aberdeen, the two positive tests and a, and a game postponed on the second weekend of the of the season? Yeah, I think it's, it's uh, far from ideal, Rob, isn't it? I think um, I'm sure they'll regret what they've done, the players, but I think what we need to recognise is that everyone is in this testing programme. We're in the same testing programme. So yes, they've probably done the wrong thing out, but someone could be sharing a household with someone who's uh, contacted uh, coronavirus and then they've brought it to training and similarly they could be brought into the the football clubs and even the match officials that way. So I think the positive is that it's been identified quickly and dealt with, but yeah, I think people need to, yep, we all wanted football back, it's been five months in the making, but I think everyone needs to temper their enthusiasm, don't they, and and just say, let's do the right thing, let's make sure we keep football going and, and very quickly try and get fans back in too. What are the protocols, Bobby, that you, uh, as a referee, have to go through then? So now we're, we're tested. We must be tested in, in the Monday or Tuesday prior to the games at, at the weekend. And then we've obviously got the same guidelines the players have got in terms of how we're behaving. But you need to remember a lot of every match official has a full-time job. So they've been about their, their day-to-day business and, and still been very mindful of how, how they're behaving and, and trying to kind of live within guidelines. But in terms of once we receive the, the negative test result, we then just um, take temperature checks the days before the games and the day of the match to make sure that there's no alarm bells there. And then we arrive just an extra 30 minutes before at the stadium just to make sure if there is an issue with temperature at that stage, we can call in a standby official who's appointed. After that, though, it's just normal normal procedures. Yes, we receive the, the team lines electronically now, not paper copy, but um, it's normal. And I think that especially Aberdeen and Hamilton have been to this year and they've done very well in organising the stadiums and making sure guidelines are in place there is enough space for, for us and for all the players so then it's disappointing when it, it, the issues are arisen from outside of that stadium environment You would have been hoping to go through a few games before flashing a red card the rumours aren't true that you've been practising for months in the mirror flashing a red card at people no? <laughs> <laughs> that that, that rumour is true every Friday night I think referees don't want to draw attention to themselves you know that's the thing I think we want to be in the background but then I think especially the way I like to referee, I like to be involved with the players and, and have that communication. But sometimes, if you see a tackle that, you obviously need to take the appropriate sanction. Bobby, Ali Defoy here. Just listening to you uh, talking about your lockdown luggage, I know I've been trying to lose mine and you've, you've done really well. Is that part of cycling? I hear you've taken that up again. Yep, so uh, the, the majority is to cycling, I think, because at the start, when first the, the season was suspended, you know, we were in that, that period of limbo, weren't we? We didn't know if the season was going to come back or not, so... For I sure. took the opportunity to dust down a bike I bought four years ago in a cycle to work scheme and I went out twice and didn't fancy it. But for some reason, this period as well was good and I really took to it and just kind of through perseverance and been out every other day, I built up from doing 10 miles up to I think one day I made 100 miles around six of the Premier League stadiums one day once the season was, was uh, confirmed as being over. So that, that definitely helped in terms of even just that kind of um, occupying your mind you know it was good just to have something to focus on and something just to keep because when you've got I love the fact we receive our appointments normally on a Tuesday then from that point I'm building up to a game at the weekend so you're really missing that you know so the cycling gave me something else to focus on so 
it was a dual benefit, something to focus on, and a little bit of the timber off, which um, which helps. <laughs> Bobby, I think we're all. Wondering. Do you not get to talk in the house, Bobby? Now? <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's either it's talk to you for or watch Peppa Pig. So, <laughs> wow. yeah, I'm glad we've Peppa Pig. <laughs> we meet the morrow, Bobby. Who have you got this weekend? Um, tomorrow I go to Hamilton, Ross County. Oh, so, match. so I managed to watch both of those games live because they were on the TV. Um, Sunday and Monday evening so, no, so I, I expect a good match I thought both teams done well Hamilton were up against it weren't they going to Celtic Park and yeah. I thought Ross County were very good on the Monday night so, so I'm looking forward to the match How are you with yeah. the artificial surface is that okay for you? It's, yeah and I think obviously Hamilton is, is good you know I think some of the surfaces are, are as they get warmer they're not ideal um, especially I'm uh, over 40 now and I do feel my legs a wee bit sore but you know I think Hamilton's surface is good um, so I I would rather, like, I'll be totally honest, I would rather football was in grass, but I know that clubs have got these in for, for specific reasons. It's a business decision, isn't it? So um, that's the decision they make that's best for them. So, yeah, fine. I think everyone who watches it would prefer on grass, but um, that's where we are. I think well, we've got three now, so um, we just need to deal with that. So, Bobby, when will you be travelling again, do you think? Because obviously the European matches are one of the highlights of anyone's career in refereeing too. Uh, any word when you'll be back in Europe? Yeah, so I think the, they're bringing the last season's European competition to conclusion at the moment. So probably myself and William may have been involved there. William as referee, I might have been allowed to travel as VAR or AVR. But because our, our league wasn't active, we, we wouldn't be considered for those appointments. So we'll be waiting until next next season. I think there's um, Nations League international matches in the first weekend in September. So hopefully I can maybe get out then. If not, probably in the second qualifying round in the Champions League and then that's our European season starts from there. It's just as important for us as it is for the, for the clubs to start well. So it's something I look forward to because one of the real highlights for me is, is that opportunity to travel and experience something different. Of course. I always think, Bobby, it's good to hear referees talking about themselves, having a bit of a laugh, lightening up, showing their, their human side. I mean, that, that's been denied to us for so long. Do you think that's something that, that we can see and hear a little bit more and maybe get closer to our referees because you know sometimes you're the you're the big bad wolf aren't you you know um to put it yeah. mild to put it mildly yeah but I, mean, I think um there's a time and a place you know i don't think we want to be celebrities the players are there to be the staff um but i think it's good for people to understand what referees do in spare time what what approach they take to matches and things but we've got a new head of refereeing in Crawford Allen who's come in with a fresh approach approach and fresh ideas He's been very open in his communication with us, and I think he is quite happy to kind of promote um, referees speaking to the media. So that's been a real positive for me. But you also need to remember that the group of referees, I think, are very much like a football team. You'll have different personalities there. You'll have the guys who are happy to speak, or the quiet ones, or the one that thinks he's a joker. So you just need to, it needs to be specific to each individual, and they need to be happy to do it, I suppose. Because sometimes the the stick just gets too much. It goes yeah. goes beyond, doesn't it? it? Crosses it crosses a line. It becomes abusive, not just to you, but yeah. to your friends and family as well. And, and and that's that's something we just don't want in the game. No, I don't think there's a place for that now. now I, when I spoke um, to Simon on his podcast, you know, I said I've been very fortunate not to have have one very small incident um, in a supermarket a number of years ago. Um, obviously, eventually on Instagram, I've had two or three comments which are absolutely um, fine. That's fine. You can, you can deal with that. You've got the opportunity to block people there. But I think you're right. When you go to a stadium, you're going to hear these comments, and people will occasionally overstep the, the mark, you know. And whether introducing referees into the limelight would stop that, I'm not so sure. But I think the more that people realise that referees love football, they're humans, and, and they've got the family life and whatever else is there, and um, hopefully that would do, do something to at least help that. 
Uh, and Bobby, last question for me. Um, you looking forward to your game up at Peterhead this year? I, I I've need to go back. I told you the last time I was up there, you were there, so I must be due a game. Can Great you do? It, could can you do it on a cold Tuesday night on Peterhead, mate? <laughs> I, I can. I can. If they appoint me, I think it was five. Actually, the last time I was appointed there was Boxing Day, twenty seventeen. Um, oh, stinker! A phone call on the twenty third to say it was off. Honestly, I'd never been to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, Bobby Madden. Thanks very much for joining us on the Go Radio Football Show. Have a Thank great you. season. Thanks, Bobby. Thank you. All the best. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks very much. 0808 17 17 700. We're going to take another quick call just before the next break. Chris is on the line, a Rangers fan. Chris, good evening. Hi, how you doing? We're well, thanks. How are you? I'm all right, yeah. Good. Bad. It's right. end of a working week. Yeah, good man, Chris. We're saying it's a scorcher today, but not tonight. Certainly not in Glasgow, no. but uh, hopefully better tomorrow. Chris, what's in your mind? Um, yeah, it's just obviously the what happened with the uh, at the end of the game uh, last night. I felt that you know a lot of uh, discussion was uh, about Rangers losing, but I felt that the the, the journey in which Rangers took was absolutely unbelievable mm. to go. For the last two seasons, to go from round one, first season, to get to the group stage and then lose out by a point, and then this season to get to the last 16 was unbelievable by Stephen Gerrard and his players. Yeah, yeah I think Rangers had some top performances in Europe. You've said, Rob, especially away from home. I mean, yeah. the Portal game is, for me was, was Braga as well. Yeah. Um, I, think that's, I think Stephen Gerrard's good in Europe. Mm. Even watching him last night, his tactics are good. You know, although Leverkusen dominated possession, they never created a lot of chances. Um, I think mm. he gets it right in Europe, Stephen, especially away from home. And I think the players seem to enjoy enjoy the games more than they do the, the Hamilton Ackies at Ibrox. Would you agree, Rob? Yeah, and I think that's what makes it uh, all the more frustrating for Rangers fans about what happened in the second half of last season. Uh, because, Chris, they hit those heights in Europe. Uh, some of those performances against really good teams, mighty impressive. Um, and and that's, that sets the standard, doesn't it? That's That's the level at which Rangers want to be operating. Oh, definitely, definitely. But I think that the, uh, the uh, Steve Gerrard and his team have definitely noticed that uh, from what happened from a drop off after Christmas, and I think that's why we kind of changed the the, the, the tactics last season. Everything was geared up to uh, Morelos being mm. the kind of the spearhead or even the battering ram mm-hmm. of the team, and. Uh, you know, obviously with suspension and stuff like that, uh, he was there and then he wasn't and he had a drop-off in form. But I think more so now, and probably what we'll see this season, is that the likes of Kent, Hadji and Aribo were probably much more in the forefront. And yeah. I think that's probably, that's probably why the players that were brought in in terms of Roof and Itten, the, you know, they, they'll, they'll fit into that style, whereas, you know, Morelos wants to be the main man and wants everything to go to him and, you know, kind of be, be, be that kind of focal point. Were you surprised that Barker started? You know, I thought when I seen Barker starting, it would maybe go a bit more direct. So I was a bit surprised to see Rangers trying to play it from the back when you have uh, Barker's pace. I thought they would have put the ball in behind uh, Leverkusen a bit more. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think that was the. Uh, to be honest, I think that was the case. I think there was a kind of a. Uh, they were hoping for again for Morelos to kind of uh, hold up the ball and get it to because obviously like what he done against Aberdeen where he came mm. a, bit, a bit deeper. Um, I think that he. Um, uh, yeah, I think uh, kind of uh, Barker and Kent utilising their pace. But what I thought last night as well, the boys who played left back and right back for Leverkusen were absolute monsters, mm. and but they were very, very good football players. So I think that that kind of nullified that because they, you know, they were quick as them, but they also had a much bigger physical presence. Yeah. How do you think this season is going to pan out, Chris? Are you feeling optimistic? 
I'm I'm one of those fans every year that I'm optimistic no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm always, you know, um, I've always been in the belief of um, we uh, nobody beats Rangers, Rangers beat themselves. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's consistency, isn't it? As Sai said, that's what let Rangers down in the second part of the season. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I do, I think that the, the, the style of football that we play Obviously, the term that everybody likes to use that, that, that comes unstuck is the low block. But I think again, this is why this new way of you know getting the ball to the likes of Kent and Hadji and Aribo, like uh, on the kind of twenty-five yard mark, is yep. going to create more of an opportunity. Because if you're just flinging balls into the box, and the majority of centre halves in Scottish football and goalkeepers are all six three, six four, you know it's just. It's, it's easy. It's easy stuff for them. Chris, thanks a lot for your call. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Paul Cooney with Ali Defoy, Rob McLean, Cy Ferry, Barry Ferguson will be in the studio with you on Monday night. Thanks for everyone who's calling in, Elaine and Jem and Ewan Anderson who are tuned in. They made the switch here to the Go Radio Football Show. 0808 17 17 700. And for all of you, John Maguire on there and Kate just uh, calling in saying they're enjoying the show too. On a night when the Aberdeen game is off tomorrow at St Johnson, two players testing positive for COVID-19. Derek McInnes not happy, nor Nicola Sturgeon. Let's hope that's sorted out soon. All other matches on this weekend. We're looking forward to the Sunday matches in particular Kilmarnock Celtic and Cy Rangers against St Mirren Yeah on Rangers last night um, and it's what Barry's been saying as well the lack of leadership for me in the back four especially uh, I think Tavernier got a lot of stick for the goal but for me it wasn't Tavernier's fault you know the, the centre half for Leverkusen takes the ball at his feet anyone that's played the game or coached the game knows that if there's no pressure on the ball especially in Europe you need to drop Connor Goldson gambles. He takes a wee step because the centre forward drops into the number 10 position. Connor Goldson gambles, takes two or three steps forward and the guy chips the ball over his head. It's hard for Tavernier. The guy's so quick that he's playing against. He's got a run on him. He takes a great touch and he scores a goal. But what I'm saying is, my point, is if you've got a big centre half there who's a leader in that back four, as soon as that guy's no pressure on the ball, he's shouting drop. And, and, and I don't see that in Rangers. Even when Kent is giving the ball away on the halfway line, like I'm saying, I don't see anyone getting on him. Come on, Ryan, you need to keep the ball here for us. We're struggling. And, and if you don't have that for me, that dominant centre half that does that, it's going to be a long season. These guys, these guys are hard to find, though, aren't they? The, yeah. the, the leaders that, that grab games by the scruff of the neck. We were speaking, that, speaking about that with Barry and, and Charlie McGrew uh, on the show the other night. Just wondering, Cy, what you think about... I mean... <sighs> When you look back, was it was it a game? Was it a game that Rangers could have done without because they're back? They're playing Sunday. The games keep on coming. They're going to be back in Europe in about, in about two or three weeks' time. Or was it actually at this stage a useful exercise to play a top team like Leverkusen and go to that standard, go to that level? Definitely, I think fitness-wise, Rob. You know, any player will tell you you can train all week, but playing against that top opposition and like you say they've had to suffer together they've had to work hard work on their shape which was good at times for me the two fullbacks still get far too high you know especially by a guy like Hellander playing last night who hadn't played for so long and Barisek for me just kept leaving him exposed and and Kevin Thompson mentioned it in com- commentaries the areas between fullbacks and centre halves for me at Rangers is, is where the weakness is just now um, but in terms of work rate I mean I thought the midfield and defence that'll do them the world of good and as I say players hate training every day if you yeah. get a chance give me the, the option of playing in a big game in Europe or training you take big game in Europe even if it is a hard task but again it brings them closer together they've suffered together uh, and makes them a better team for me I think it's a great point Stephen is on the line from Rutherglen Stephen good evening 
Good evening, mate. How are you doing? Hi, Stephen. Yeah, we're good, thanks. How are you? Aye, brand new. Brand new Friday night, as always. Indeed. <laughs> the weekend starts here. Tell your friends, five o'clock. Go Radio Football Show. Stephen, what's your point? What do you want to ask Si or Ali or Rob McLean? Well, it's kind of open question, to be yeah. honest. I know uh, Si's uh, obviously interviewed quite a lot of people through up and go with a bit of football and stuff like that, so I'm assuming he's been a good few nights. I like how you say just a bit of football there. I just want to know who's the biggest maniac, who's the biggest reprobate in the night out? <laughs> <laughs> I think you're talking to him <laughs> That's a good answer Rob uh, oh, Paul McGowan at Dundee I had many a night out with Paul McGowan And he is a loose cannon uh, Probably again No many stories for radio But um, Michael Gardine <laughs> up at Ross County I think you know him as well Rob Michael Gardine is Again No many stories you can tell on here But I would say Paul McGowan and Ma- Michael Gardine And they were actually together at Celtic So that was eventful <laughs> Yep. Uh-huh. So there's still, I mean, there's still lots of characters in Scottish football because people do say that, don't they, from time to time? Ah, oh, it's not like the old days. It's not like Jimmy Johnson out in the rowing boat and all that sort of stuff. But but it still happens. It still goes on, doesn't it? Of course it does, Rob. And, and do you know what the prime example is? A guy like Andy Halliday. And if, looking from the outside, you'd think that Andy Halliday was this quiet guy that all he done was think think about Rangers. But when you see him in his natural habitat, he's a character. And guys like Jason Cummins as well. I think now. They're less, they're not allowed as much to be characters though, yeah. due to PR at clubs and stuff like that. But hundred percent dressing rooms throughout Scotland will have a, a lunatic in it. Rob, no what doubt. about you? All those years on radio and TV, who would it be? Chick Young, maybe Sir Charles, probably. Yeah, yes. the cuddly uh, toys. I think he's yeah. listening in. I got a message yeah. earlier. Oh really? So, yeah, yeah. Still crazy after all these years. He's some that's guy, his, isn't he? That's, yeah. his, that's his theme tune. Yeah. Stephen, what about the season that's shaping up? Um, how excited are you about the football being back? I feel good to be honest. I would I would probably keep Gerard about if we could. Um, I think he's he's making some progress there. He's also um, doing quite well in Europe for uh, for the team that he's got there. I think the worst thing that's happened to this season is honestly just uh, Barker's hair. <laughs> well, there's not much of it, is there? <laughs> it's a, pre- a pretty desperate comb over that one, isn't it? Uh, it's a wee bit Donald Trump about it. What do you th- What do you feel when you hear Jamie O'Hara saying that Stephen Gerrard could leave Rangers to go to Bournemouth and that Bournemouth are a bigger club? I mean, that's absolute nonsense, isn't it? I would say so. I mean, I think um, obviously it'd be better for Rangers if I, I think if um, if Gerard stayed about. I think he's he's going to bring in a, a few kind of high caliber players, even if it's just through his kind of connections through Liverpool or whatever. But I think he can do a lot of good for Rangers rather than we don't uh, Bournemouth and maybe sit kind of yeah. uh, a lot lower than the table, you know. Steve's Ali Defoy here. How you doing? Hi there. How you doing? Quick question: What do you reckon the score is going to be against St Mirren on Sunday? Have you got any predictions? Off ten now. <laughs> Ouch! Come on. <laughs> I think uh, I don't know to be honest. It'd be good to see one of you guys come in and um, tell you about a damage. To be honest, it's a perfect game, isn't it, for for Ruth and Itton to play, isn't it, for the first game? Uh, yeah. I think yeah. so. I think you come in there and show going to caliber, you know. And are Rangers going to go the distance this season, Stephen? Or are they going to uh, be challenging Celtic right to the end? I would think so. I would. I would hope so. It's just that, but after Christmas, it seems to kind of lose that. It's. Uh, because it's kind of uh, speed at the end there, but hopefully we can keep it going this year. And because that's happened a couple of times already, does that just do you think that starts to play with your mind a bit for the players and for Stephen Gerrard as well? I think the guys just need to kind of just push on. I think the fact that they're wanting to stop it this year is going to be uh, pushing them on that extra wee bit. Okay, Stephen, thanks very much. Thanks for calling in. Uh, thanks, don't Stephen. be a stranger. So many calls coming in tonight. We're uh, Racing towards the end of the programme. So for this weekend, let's get some of the predictions then. Uh, Ali, Rangers-St Mirren, it's going to be a really tough test for you, but uh, you got off to a winning way last weekend. We did. I think it was a great weekend. It was 
really strong at the back. I'd like to see a bit more of that, but I guess it's Rangers on Sunday, I'm thinking we might lose. Well, they'll need to be strong at the back, won't they? At Ibrox <laughs> yeah. on Sunday, that is for sure. Off to an encouraging start, though, beating Livingston uh, last weekend. We did Jim Goodwin on the show, of course, earlier on yep. in the week. And, and it was interesting to talk to him about how Hamilton set out against Celtic last Sunday. Um, they were adventurous, really, relatively speaking. They, they, they played two up front, they created chances, and they got thumped 5-1. And I was trying to tempt Jim into telling me how he was going to yeah. approach it, but uh, t- <laughs> typically... He'd only tell me that, he wouldn't tell you. It turned, it turned into no comment in the end. I'd be very surprised if Jim Goodwin went to Ibrox and played two up front. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be a 4 5 1 with John will be up top on his own and uh, St. Murn will be going there to get a point. And, we'll and, and I think for me, I know Rob likes the adventurous part, but yeah. for teams like St. Murn and Hamlin, if you can nick a point at Ibrox or Celtic Park, it's, it's a big lift for your season. You know Do you think I mean? they will? No, I don't think no. they will. I think Rangers <laughs> will be there. I thought you were going to be positive. There, I think Dad. now with a big hit on it makes it a big yeah. difference. You know, maybe before when you are trying to play through teams like when Morelos yeah. up front, now you've got the guy hit on, you can fling the ball yeah. in the box and, and create a different type of a style of play. Hamilton Ackes against Ross County. Um, County getting off to a great start. They surprised people beating Motherwell the other night. Rob? Yeah, they did. Um, I think, and we we read out, the, I remember we read out the team on the night, yep. on the, on the Monday all, night, yeah. and we thought, wow, that looks a really good team. Alan Campbell's not playing. Uh, that's a strong Motherwell lineup. Surely it's going to be them. And I think most of us went for a Motherwell win in our predictions, and we were all totally wrong. <laughs> uh, no, no, no shock there. Uh, and Ross Kenty just hit the ground running. Um, and they seem to have um, they've lost a lot of players yeah. but they've put together a good side as well and they've got some local youngsters coming through as well giving it that local identity so that's going to be uh, an interesting one Hamilton against Ross County and a good one side Livingston against Hibs yeah I think Hibs for me I think yeah. Hibs will be very good as I've said before mm. um, Nisbet and I think now going to Livingston before Hibs could maybe be a soft touch away to Livingston but now with guys like Gogic in the team I think Hibs will have far too much for Livingston Motherwell Dundee United yeah, well, um, I'd like to see Dundee United do well. Of course, it's their second game under Mickey Mellon, isn't it? So it would be nice, but I'm thinking maybe Motherwell, if I'm honest. Yeah, I think I think I think mm. I think Stephen Robinson will get the bounce back factor. They would have been really disappointed and maybe surprised as well about how it panned out in Dingwall um, on the Monday night. I, I think uh, I think they'll be back off and running. Jake Hasty back in the team. The Motherwell fans will uh, be loving seeing him back in the lineup. And Kilmarnock against Celtic. Celtic for me, I think it'll be a tough game. Um, Kilmarnock will put up a stern test, it'll be well organised as we know, but again, Celtic with Edward in, in the form he's in will be too much for Kilmarnock. Rob? Yeah, who's stopping Celtic? Uh, difficult to see at the moment. Right, there's been so much in the programme tonight. Ali, would you call that one, Kelly? Celtic? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I was just thinking back to St Mirren actually, and of course we've got ex-Rangers goalkeeper Jack Anik, so that might be interesting. He might have something to try and prove. You never know. Mm, could be the hero. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So, that's our first full week. Loved it. Good start to the season. Yes, yeah. very good. What a team we've got. Yeah, we'll, Lion. We, will we keep on doing it, yeah? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No injuries yet. COVID permitting, but we'll be here well. anyway. But I mean, yeah, we, who, who would have believed we'd be starting with the First Minister uh, giving a red card to the Dons? You were there last week, Robert. Yeah. Only in yeah. Scottish football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, stay safe, stay healthy. Um, and that's it's a big blow, isn't it, early in the season? But but let's hope it serves as a big warning to everybody to, to do the right thing. Um, let's keep on playing football. Let's stay healthy. Let's try and get coronavirus out of it. Because it's a good product as well. I need to say, I watched Motherwell Ross County when I got in, and it was much more exciting than watching Fulham and Brentford, who were playing for 160 million quid, by the way. You get 160 quid for getting in the SPL. It's and it's much more exciting. Oh, yeah. No a shot, no a tackle. Yeah. Much preferred watching Ross County. And I'm not just saying that. I think we've got a great product up here, so if the players could just. 
please be responsible so we can get it back on the telly. I only met you two weeks ago, and that's what you said all the way. You could bear, by and large, watching uh, the the Scottish matches. Ali, I, I think we don't talk up the game enough in Scotland no I think we're a bit shy in England they're quite proud and, yeah. and we need to be prouder uh, I think it's not that we're not but we need to shout about it as, as they do down south because we've got so much that's it from us thanks very much from Ali from Rob from Sam from me Paul Cooney we'll be back on Monday at 5